The experts in the desert don't think Iowa football is going to be very good this year. Number is wrong. We break it down today. Locked on Hawkeyes. You are locked on Hawkeyes. Your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you find podcasts, and you can also find us on YouTube. While you're there, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWN for $20 off your first purchase. Well, the numbers are out already. Yes, it is February. We have just finished off college football season, but the numbers are out for FanDuel. That's right. Our friends over at FanDuel have released the over-under win totals for all of the major conference teams for next season. Right now, the power structure has become just four after the Pac-12 is no more after this season, and we got the numbers here in front of us. Obviously, what we care about most is the Iowa Hawkeyes, and I'm telling you, they got it dead wrong again. If you listen to me throughout the course of last summer, I was all about this Iowa football team, the ability for them to go over the win total. That was at seven and a half. Then it moved up to eight, eight and a half in some spots. And there was certainly a lot of steam and a lot of people that agreed with me with the schedule that Iowa had coupled with that defense that they were going to be better than an eight win team. And they certainly proved that out over the course of last season. Now this year, we come into a year with question marks. Yes. A firing of an offensive coordinator as Brian Ferentz is no more. Questions about the sustainability of the quarterback position and what's the likelihood that Cade McNamara can make it back for a full season? What about that offensive line? Much maligned over the last two years. How much better can they get even with the addition of Caden Proctor? And then you throw into the mix 10 Lester and how much free reign is he going to have with the offense? And these are all fair questions. These are all things that you can completely understand why the outside perspective would say, no, we need to see a little bit more, right? We need to see a little bit more from this program and, and they have to prove that they're going to be able to do those things. And I certainly understand it from the outside perspective. Another thing is the big 10 West is no more. Well, you got to figure the schedule is going to be that much more difficult. You're not getting yearly games against Illinois and Purdue and Northwestern. Those are no more though. You do get Northwestern again this season. I'm telling you, with the defense coming back next year, with what they have an opportunity to do offensively to at least become okay, adequate, average. Yeah, seven and a half is a wrong number. Now, this is also heavily juiced at this point in time because as we can uh, see, I was, as soon as I saw it, jumped on my FanDuel app and right away put an account. Yes, I'm not going to be able to cash this bet until we get through the regular season next year and we're flipping the calendar into December of 2024. I don't care if my money's tied up. I feel incredibly good about it. I made a pretty significant wager for myself. Now, there are no sure things, and we certainly know that. And if the quarterback position is not good this season, if it's as poor as it was throughout the course of last year, if the offense doesn't click, you, know, you remember Greg Davis in year number one, just how ugly things were in that first season. But I'm just not seeing it. With the talent that this team has defensively, with what they're going to be able to do on that side of the football, would you like another pass rusher? Sure. But All-American candidates at, obviously, the linebacker spots. Your back four is set from where it was a year ago at the end of the season. All these guys coming back 
four to six year, the depth that is building behind it. Oh, and Phil Parker, he hasn't gone anywhere. Seth Wallace, yeah, he's back. The defensive coaches are back. The defense as a whole is back. And to think that they're going to take some kind of significant step back is crazy. And they can't be worse offensively than they were a year ago. It's it's literally impossible. They were the worst offense in the country. And not only were they the worst offense, it was by a significant gap. When you throw in power conference teams on top of that, there's no way they can be worse than they were a season ago. And then, as I mentioned, though there is no Big Ten West, this is the schedule next season for Iowa football. I mean, you look through this thing, and it is not daunting. You open up with Illinois State. They were 6-5 and five last year in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Iowa State after that. You get them at home. Now they come into Kinnick and won. They have a couple of times in semi-recent history, but a game, obviously, I was going to be favored. Troy, after that, a- another relatively difficult game. Look, Troy won 11 games last year. I mean, this is a good program. Now they got a new coach in their own right. They're coming in from Notre Dame, the former offensive coordinator, though I know there are some Irish fans out there that weren't exactly shedding a tear when he made his way down to Alabama. But Troy in week three, another game where Iowa is likely going to be a significant favorite. After that, Big Ten slate and the nine Big Ten games. All right, it starts off as difficult as you're going to find. Going to a Columbus and taking on Ohio State. A loaded roster. Uh, they went out and they spent. I mean, the NIL budget that they had to have this year to bring in the guys that they did. Will Howard at the quarterback position. They go down to Ole Miss and get Junkins uh, to help out at running back with Henderson. It's just on and on and on. Now, is the offensive line there? That's another question. But I was going to be a significant underdog. And when FanDuel comes out, hopefully sooner rather than later with more lines that already have a couple up there uh, right now for the games this season, I would anticipate I was going to be a 17, 20, maybe a 24 point underdog against Ohio state. That just shows you how loaded this Buckeye team is before that though, at Minnesota revenge. Yeah. That's how the slate starts in the big 10 at Minnesota at Ohio state. You come home for Washington. Well, they just played for a national championship. They did. Their coach is also getting mail in Alabama. They are going to be playing with a completely new offense. And what I say, completely new, that's right. Zero starters back from a year ago offensively for Washington. We'll see if Jed Fish, the new head coach coming in for Arizona, can hit the ground running. That one's in Kinnick in the middle of October, like Iowa's chances in that one. You go to Michigan State, a new coaching staff there. Jonathan Smith comes in from Oregon State. How quickly are they going to be able to adapt and get up to speed? Usually is a bit of a learning process. They're as winnable of a game against a East team that you would say with Michigan State. You get Northwestern at home. You beat them last year in Wrigley. Now you get them in Kinnick. You get Wisconsin at home. You beat them last year in Camp Randall. Now you get them at home. You go to UCLA, which is going to be a Hawkeye party. Coming up there, that uh, matchup on November 9th. That thing is going to be incredible at the Rose Bowl. I anticipate we are going to see tens of thousands of Hawkeye fans. The Bumblebees will be out in force for that one. A UCLA team that, oh, by the way, their coach just left to go to Ohio State to be an offensive coordinator. Chip Kelly knew that he was in trouble, and there's a reason for it. UCLA is going to be bad this year, really bad. After, at Maryland after that, they got to figure out quarterback themselves, and they got their own set of issues. Again, it's a road game, but a winnable road game. And then you wrap up on Black Friday against Nebraska. Pretty, pretty good. Of those 12 games, Iowa is likely only an underdog right now in one of those games. Now, there are potentially some toss-ups in there. 
you know, the road trip to Michigan State, I'm going to anticipate that's going to be, you know, three, three and a half, something in that range. Iowa favored. The Washington game might be Huskies a slight favorite because of what they did a year ago in that one. But outside of that, where else will they a dog? I just don't see it. Iowa State returns 20 to 22 starters. They're still not going to be favored in Kinnick Stadium. It's just not going to happen. It is all there. Over, under, seven and a half. That means Iowa, if they go eight and four or better, you win your bet. I'll mention the juice. And you got to lay it there. Minus 142. That means if you bet $142, you win 100 back. But if you say, Condon, you are dead wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know your ass from your elbow. And I could agree in certain aspects. Plus 116. So $100 wager, that's you 116. I'm coming back on the other side if you like the under. Hey, I love this one. I know money's tied up for a long time when you're making a bet like this. I am completely fine with that. Speaking of football, we're going to talk some football continuing here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. The NFL Combine has set out their invitations for Hawkeyes have been added. Unfortunately, there's a couple of names that didn't make the cut. That is a little bit frustrating to see. We'll talk about that. We'll also get into basketball a little bit later. A big one coming up tonight as Iowa makes their way to Maryland to take on the Terrapins. Can they take the momentum from the second half of the game of the Minnesota game and take it into Maryland with them? Plus, ah, the big Thursday night. Caitlin Clark going for the record. We'll do that as we continue. This is Locked On Hawkeyes. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, you users out there, we got an opportunity for you to get $20 off your first purchase by using code LOCKEDON. Killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. We know what's coming up Thursday night at Carver Hawkeye Arena. The ticket prices, they're astronomical. But a thing that always frustrates me, you see the tickets, you think you got a deal, and all of a sudden, all those fees on top of it. You don't have to worry about that with game time. You can get all-in prices right with the click of a button. Show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. And Game Time has deals on tickets right up until the start of the event. Even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last-minute tickets. With zone deals, you can pick the section, and Game Time picks the seats for big-time savings. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Terms apply. Just got, download the Game Time app today and use code LOCKEDON. LOCKEDON will get you $20 off your first purchase. Once again, that's LOCKEDON with the Game Time app for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Trent Connor back with you once again here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Your team every day. That's what we do here across the Locked On Network. So continuing our football conversation, four Hawkeyes have been invited, invited to the NFL Combine. Now, he started at the top in Cooper DeGene. No surprise. The anticipation is he worked his way back from injury. As we know, the athleticism of Cooper, right? And there's going to be the knocks. There's going to be the old stodgy way of thinking. And they're going to see, well, a kid from Western Iowa, white kid from Western. Can he be a cornerback? Is, is he going to have to be a safety? Uh, some of the things that happen the other way with different positions. And we've certainly seen for a very long time. But this is going to be where Cooper DeGene shines. I mean, you, you go back and you watch his film playing high school basketball. 
Uh, we've talked about it at the time, and we still talk about it today because it's absolutely jaw dropping what he was able to do. Just drop step dunk it on guys at six foot one. He is going to test through the roof. He is going to open a lot of eyes, coupled with the production, the playmaking ability, and not just what he does as a defensive back, but also what he does in the return game. You put all those things together, Cooper DeGene, most everybody has him as a first-rounder, and I think after we get through the combine, that's going to go even higher. Torrey Taylor. Now, it's a punter, but we love punters. Uh, punting has been a big, big conversation piece, obviously, with this Hawkeye football program and has really elevated over the last couple of years, and the Aussie punter is a big reason for that. We saw not only the booming leg that Torrey Taylor has, and it's astronomical, and he's got a powerful leg, and that goes without saying, but the pinpoint accuracy that he has, the ability to pin teams deep, I mean, those are things that I'm going to guess at a combine are going to be difficult to measure, but we know it's at a very high level. I mean, go back to the first game a year ago. He gets a punt blocked. I think so goes 40 plus yards. I mean, he's, he's powerful, but the accuracy, what he can do, he can cough a corner. He can uh, pull it back like a sand wedge. I mean, he's he's got everything in the repertoire. We'll see. It's a putter. There's been punters that have been drafted relatively high, you know, fifth round, something like that, and likely going to be the case, I think, for Tory Taylor. Continuing the guys that are going to the NFL Combine, Logan Lee. Uh, great to see Logan Lee get an opportunity. Try hard kid. Downstate Illinois. Illinois wasn't interested until Iowa got involved and got in there very late and very lucky uh, that that was the case there from a guy from the other side of the river and Logan Lee and what he did. Just the ability that we saw from him towards the end of the season, he just elevated his game and was playing so well and occupying space when need be, going out there and making plays. Just a good, heady player. Uh, finally, Eric Hall. Good to see him get the opportunity. Coming off the ACL, what is he going to be able to do you know, physically where he's going to be, but just have that opportunity to be there, talk to teams, go through the interview process. That's going to be incredibly good for Eric Hall. Maybe somebody will take a flyer on him light, more than likely, still going to be potentially a guy that's going to have to go the free agent route. But if you get an invite to the combine, I think you're feeling pretty good that at least potentially somebody's going to take a shot at him late and know that going to have to stash him, probably going to be an IR guy, maybe even potentially for his first full season as a guy, but we know just how physical he was, the ability to be a playmaker with the ball in his hands, and great to see for Eric All. Uh, a couple of names not on there, though, that were a little bit disappointing, and you got to start with Noah Shannon, right? After what he went through, legally betting on sports. That's right. He bet on sports legally. Getting caught up in a Final Four run by the women, making a bet on that, beating South Carolina, and his career was over. And unfortunately for the NCAA, they weren't willing to listen. They really weren't. You go through the appeal process, but their decision had been made. He bet on a University of Iowa athletic event, not a game he was playing on, not one that he had some kind of insider information, nothing like that, no. Just something that he was excited about his school. And his collegiate career came to an end. That's tough because you hear Noah Shannon talk. You hear him explain his situation. It's just talk in general. He's a guy that's a good kid. He's not a kid. He's a young man. He was legal betting age when he made that bet. And to not get the opportunity to have all the teams there. Now, when Iowa will have their uh, NFL day and all the scouts will be coming through, and he'll get that opportunity for most every team. With the respect that the Iowa football program has, when they have their workouts in Iowa City, most everybody comes. But 
it is still different. Getting outside your home environment, a lot of teams like to see that and see how you react, not going through your facility and, and the play that you spent, uh, place that you spent the last three, four, five, or even six years anymore. They like to see that part. Disappointed to see that he didn't get an opportunity. And then Joe Evans. I mean, quite the story. A kid that makes the right choice and gets out of godforsaken Ames and makes his way to Iowa City for his collegiate career. He is a try-hard guy. He's undersized. I get it. The likelihood that he's going to stick for a long time and be you know, a 10-year pro is incredibly, incredibly small. And for most anybody, I mean, with injuries and the, just the way the football is played, that's not a realistic scenario for so many people out there. But we'd like to see Joe, what he built himself into, wearing number 13 out there, starting with a specialist, guy that moves down and puts his hand on the ground. All right, you're going to be a pass rush specialist, and then we're going to move from there, and you're going to become an every down guy. And just how he built himself into a very dependable guy. I mean, he was one of the few players on that final game in the bowl game in the disaster against Tennessee that actually played well and moved up the charts in all-time sacks there. Disappointed not to see him uh, on that list. And that's where we are right now with the NFL Combine coming up here as we make our way towards the NFL Draft. Going to be a lot of fun. We'll continue to break things down here and a lot of football. March 21st, that's the the, uh, day to mark on your calendar as spring practice will get started for the Iowa football program. Continuing here, Locked On Hawkeyes, let's talk some basketball as we are on the precipice of a record-breaking night for Caitlin Clark. There's a men's game before it. We'll talk men's and women's hoops when we come back. Iowa gets ready for Maryland. Can they keep their slim hopes alive to be an NCAA tournament team? We'll talk about that as we continue. This is Locked On Hawkeyes. Today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Bet on your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets. They got live same-game parlays. You know about same-game parlays. These happen live while the game is happening, see what's happening, and then fire away. Exclusive props, a great futures market, as we talked about with the Iowa Hawkeyes over, under, and all the Big Ten up right now at FanDuel, and so much more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to shoot your shot. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. Trent Cotton back with you one final time here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Time to turn our attention to some basketball. And, well, it'll be men before women this week on Wednesday night. It'll be the men as they get ready to face off in their matchup as they face off against Maryland, a team that dictated pace the first time around. Now, they came into Carver Hawkeye Arena a couple of weeks back, and more than anything, they were able to play the game in the pace that they wanted. And because of that, Iowa couldn't get the win. It was one of many games this year where Iowa had a late opportunity to get the victory, and they just couldn't find a way. So right now, uh, the line is up at FanDuel as we sit here and record. Iowa is a four-and-a-half-point underdog in this game. Speaking of pace, the over-under is 144-and-a-half. That's an incredibly low total for an Iowa basketball game and obviously the style that they play. Now, if you think Iowa's going to go out there Avenge the loss and get the victory. Uh, you can get them on the money line. Plus 164 right now. Uh, the Hawkeyes are 
in that one. Uh, thought Fran McCaffrey had some uh, really interesting things to say in his media availability earlier this week. And uh, Fran talking about Patrick McCaffrey. Excuse me. And Patrick, you know, we, we saw him start to play better. Had the big free throws down the stretch against Ohio State. Four free throws that helped solidify that game and, and get Iowa in the win column against the Buckeyes. Um, we saw him late then in the game after that. Put some points up as Penn State was pulling away late in the game. Patrick was doing some things and then maybe played his best game of the year in the comeback victory against Minnesota. And he was doing the things that he's best at. Now, he is not a physical player as we know. What he is, he's a real good rim runner, right? He's a guy that in transition, that's when he's at his best. Not thinking, not plodding along, not with the ball on, you know, pounding the pavement and trying to get the ball up the floor, doing those kind of things. No, it's him on the run with the great length that he has, the ability to get to the rim, the athleticism that he has. He could do those kind of things, and that's when he's at his best. He can knock down an open three. We know that. We've seen that throughout the course of his career. A friend said this. Patrick McCaffrey is way more verbal as a leader than he's ever been and has high respect on the team. Doesn't care if he's starting. Uh, Fran said, quote, I'm really proud of him and how he's dealt with coming off the bench with Josh Dix in the starting lineup, and Dix will continue there in the starting five. It's the right move. Look, you, you don't want to upset what they have going on right now. I thought Josh Dix against Minnesota, though it didn't show up in the box score, he had a really heady game. And I continue to maintain he needs to be more aggressive. He needs to do even more than he does offensively. He's got to be a little bit more selfish at times. It's a crazy thing to say, right? I mean, being selfish when you're talking about something like this, when we're talking about, obviously, basketball. But with Josh Dix, just because not only is he a talented guy, but he can do a bunch of different things. A, a huge component to that for me is they need more shooting. It can't just be Peyton Sanford, and that's all you're getting shooting. Tony Perkins, we know his three-point shot is inconsistent. He can knock him down from time to time, and he can get hot, but that's not his game. His game is getting into the paint, a pull-up jumpers, so good with those 12 to 16-footers. He's really, really strong in that area of the floor. That's what you want out of Tony Perkins. And you have other guys that can come in and make shots, but overall, it's not a huge component. And that's why I want to see Josh Dix, because they need that scoring from the outside, do a little bit more, be a little bit more. I, I think that's incredibly important for that and for exactly uh, what he is. So uh, that's a component that's definitely big there. Mention pace. Uh, that was something that didn't go Iowa's way the first time out. And that's what you have to do against this Maryland team. They're going to grind you. They're going to make it ugly. I mean, that's what they're going to want to do. And can Iowa push it? weren't able to do it the first time. Right now, Maryland's fifth in the country in defensive efficiency, a crazy number, but they're 13-11. Now, this is a team that's lost three in a row, lost to Michigan State on the road, blew a big lead in that one, I lost to Rutgers at home, and then got beat by Ohio State, an Ohio State team that was reeling in double overtime over the weekend. They're obviously looking at this one as a very winnable game. Ken Pomeroy has it as a three-point spread. Uh, Maryland favor there. Mentioned FanDuel again, four and a half is the number the Hawkeyes getting four and a half in that matchup. But they got Illinois coming up after that. So not a look-ahead spot because there just aren't any of those really overall. But Kevin Willard's teams, they're going to guard you. They're going to grind you. Going to make it ugly. I was going to have to go out and shoot the ball well. If they can do that, it sets up the weekend. If Iowa can get the win against Maryland, all of a sudden that game against Wisconsin that finally ended their losing streak, 
uh, with the win last night against Ohio State, it becomes big. Now, Iowa, the schedule's difficult. It's daunting, but it just keeps that glimmer of hope alive, and that's all we're looking for at this point in time. Finally, on the women's side, Thursday night it will be the record-breaking night for Caitlin Clark, and she will set the all-time scoring mark. And uh, going back to Sunday, frustration definitely was there. Just a weird, poorly played fourth quarter out of this Iowa women's team. And you look back and all three losses, leads in the fourth quarter, let all of them kind of slip through their fingers. We could be talking about a historic run right now. And can you imagine if we were at this point in the year and Iowa would not have blown those leads against Kansas State, Ohio State, and Nebraska, them, South Carolina, both undefeated. Whew, what that would be like at this point in time. But that's not the case. And it happened. And Caitlin Clark, she was sick. Molly Davis, we know, is dealing with sickness at this point in time and an injury. So you have those things, but a lot of teams are banged up. A lot of teams have illness. It happens all over the place. It just, it was such an odd fourth quarter. We're not used to it. And I'm going to chalk it up to that. That was just circumstances made it weird. Look, they weren't trying not to win the game. I mean, that's silly. It really is. But was that record in the back of their minds? Was it something that got into the head of Caitlin Clark? Look, she couldn't see the uh, countdown meter up there, but Caitlin Clark knows. I mean, she knows her numbers. She always has. Going back to her high school days, and I called a number of her games in high school, she knows those numbers. She knew what was happening. She is a very cerebral player and definitely knows what is happening in the stat sheet. So you turn the page. She'll break the record early, likely in the first half, if not the first quarter of the game against Michigan. We'll see if Lisa Bluter calls a timeout. Will there be some kind of recognition? I would anticipate that there will, and that Iowa will have something special planned. And you want to talk to Michigan about that beforehand, too. And I think they understand the importance of that moment, moment and what it's going to be. But just get back on the right side of things, because then you get a week off, a week to get right, and then you make your way to Indiana. And though Iowa has dropped in the bracketology over at ESPN, now down to a two seed, a number one seed is still very much on the table. A regular season title is still very much on the table. They get Ohio State in the last game of the year in Carver. Obviously, the road trip, as mentioned, next week to Indiana is going to be incredibly daunting. Even this Michigan team's all right, and they're not great by any means, but they're okay, and if they come out hot, you never know what's going to happen, as we've seen throughout the course of this year, even in Carver-Hawkeye Arena, when I lost earlier this year to Kansas State. So that's where we are. The record, one final thought, just enjoy it. As We've been mentioning more and more as the season has gone on. And, and I think of it through my daughter's eyes. Um, you see right over my shoulder here, right? Roy, Roy Marble, B.J. Armstrong, Ed Horton. Those were the guys when I was my daughter's age. I was eight years old during the 86, 87 year. And knowing how that just solidified my fandom went from I like basketball. I like sports. I like watching this and such a great team and how it took it to another direction. And you're seeing that now through her eyes and how excited she gets to be able to see Caitlin Clark play at that level. And for me, it was BJ Armstrong and seeing Jeff Moe knock down three pointers and those kind of things. Um, as you get older, you know, you sometimes become a little bit more clear in your thoughts. We're not going to see something like this again. We're just not. There's not going to be a player that plays at Iowa and likely any sport that is going to transform the sport like Caitlin Clark has, that has got it on the map and taken it from a nice niche sport and taking it to a completely different level. 
Are there going to be frustrations? Likely. Is it going to end in a national championship? We hope. But enjoy the ride. Enjoy those moments. Those moments watching the game just by yourself. Seeing the black and gold. Or with a family member. Or have that phone call with your mom or your dad. Have that phone call with your brother or sister. Your son or daughter. Maybe just a buddy. Whatever it is. Enjoy this moment. Enjoy this team. Because the likelihood of us having something like this, something this special happen, is just incredibly slim. Enjoy the ride. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. We got a lot going on. We got to get into baseball as well. Earlier this week, it was media day for Iowa baseball. We'll break things down. The softball team has already been in action. Winter sports continuing on. And is there a solution for Iowa wrestling? Plus, Iowa football, a month away from spring practice beginning. Always a busy time here. We got you covered. Your team every day, Locked On Hawkeyes. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Go Hawks.